That's the one that you read in fifth grade and the teacher reads it out loud. So then you're bawling, but you don't want anybody to see you crying because you're on the verge of middle school, which is super awkward and you don't want everyone to know you have feelings. Welcome to He Read, She Read, the podcast where a couple of married bookworms discuss what they're reading and learning. Today, we're helping listeners find books that their spouses will love. I'm Curtis. And I'm Chelsea. We've got exciting things coming up in 2019, like crossover episodes, buddy reads, and guests. Thank you to our devoted Patreon members who help us make it happen. Through your contributions, we are able to improve our equipment, fun giveaways, keep the lights on in the podcast studio, aka our tiny guest room. If you'd like to support He Read, She Read, go to patreon.com slash he read, she read to choose a monthly payment of one, three, or five dollars. Perks for patrons include book discussion guides that make it easy to read along with a partner or book club when we do our book discussions each month. Monthly newsletters that include extra book recommendations and our favorite things of the month. And bonus episodes, of course. We also have some exciting new treats coming in for Patreon supporters that we can't wait to tell you about. We would love to see you there. This episode, we're trying something new. Uh, We received a few requests from wives who are looking for books that their husbands will love. And these guys are somewhat reluctant or new readers, and their interests are incredibly varied. We'll mostly rely on Curtis to do most of the recommending here, but I get really excited about recommending specific books to people, so I probably won't be able to help myself, and I'll jump in too. We're not going to have a question this episode because this episode is comprised of several listener questions. I'm excited to hear what you think about these, Curtis. Well, I've got a scotch and my recommendation hat on, so I'm ready. Okay, the first one comes from Maggie, who writes, I am an avid reader and have been begging, that's in all caps, (laughs) my husband, to jump on the literary love train to no avail. He is an avid newspaper reader and tends to watch historical biographies about wars, presidents, and different years, like CNN's 70s, 80s, 90s, etc. documentaries, along with anything sports-related, just not fiction. When we were recently in our local independent bookstore, a giant biography about a president caught his eye. He claimed, huh, I would read that if it wasn't 1,500 pages long. This intrigued me. Are there any presidential reads that are excellent, would keep his interest, and aren't a doorstop? I'm hoping this may be up Curtis's alley. Boy, is it. Well, I feel like it's quasi my alley because I prefer those 1,500-page epics. That's true. So the presidential part, the nonfiction part, is very you. Yeah, I would have appreciated it if she had said, like, which biography caught his eye because that might have helped um pick but i was going through um the books that we found for our christmas bookstore date and i came across one that actually fits the bill for maggie and it's destiny of the republic by candace millard so it's a tale of madness medicine and the murder of a president um, which covers james garfield so I don't know if this is an area that her husband would be into, but it's an Edgar Award winner. It was a New York Times notable book, so since he's a newspaper reader, maybe that'll gauge his interest. But it's a short one by my standards, so it might gauge his interest. It's 
right about 350 pages. Oh, that's not bad. So not overly wordy compared to some other things, but um, it intertwines the murder of Garfield um, and then the jockeying for power because he didn't die right away. I don't know if people don't know this as part of their history, but he survived the attack that would eventually kill him. And then there was a big power struggle um, in the months le- or not in the weeks leading up to his eventual death. Um, so this book covers his um, upbringing and poverty, and then when he was in the Civil War, and then covers his presidency as short as it was, and then kind of the disagreements over who will be president while he's recovering. And I haven't read it yet, but it's on my list of things to get to. So I think it fits the bill. Um, another one that might be a little bit longer, but is still a good read. And then I was drawn to recommend this one because of the CNN documentaries is All the President's Men by Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward. So this was the investigation um, into the Watergate scandal and the stories that came out of that by those two journalists uh, that eventually brought down President Nixon's um, presidency and forced him to resign. And then this is the book that covers that whole deep throat saga it's, it's a little bit longer. Um, it's not quite 1,500 pages, but it's probably around four or 500. But I think it would cover um, the historical portions that Maggie's husband's into, so like the 70s and then the presidential stuff. And then the shortest one on the list that's right around 270 pages or so is uh, 41, A Portrait of My Father, which was written by Bush 43 about his father, Bush 41. A couple of weeks ago when uh, George H.W. Bush passed away, I recommended the John Meacham biography about him, but that's long, about like 800 pages or so, so I don't think that that's a good one for this reader, but this one is kind of more intimate details from a son writing about his father, both of whom who happen to be presidents, and I think those three might fit what you're talking about. Uh, Stick around for the recommendation for the week because mine covers sports and you might be interested in that one too. All right. I came up with some recommendations here too, but I went a different route. I really honed in on the fact that this person is an avid newspaper reader. And so I selected a few books that are by journalists and have very factual yet engaging writing and convey interesting stories. So a couple of years ago, I read American Fire by Monica Hessa and really loved it. It is her investigative journalism into a series of fires that were being set and what happened in the town. And she creates an engaging story and investigates interesting characters. I found the writing really interesting. Some people who read it thought it was a bit dry, but I think for a newspaper reader and someone who likes journalism, this would be a really great one. Another really great book written by a journalist is Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran, and that one looks into the Osage murders. This one's really popular, so I don't want to go into too much more of a description about it, but historically it's really fascinating. The writing is good and engaging, and so again, it fits that journalism plus history. This one I heard about on NPR and actually was going to get for you, um, because the author was on and talking about it. He is a journalist, 
again. <laughs> I don't know why I have to keep saying it. Um, but it's Upon Further Review, The Greatest What Ifs in Sports History by Mike Pesca. So he looks into huge sports moments where it really could have gone either way mm-hmm. and makes up what would have happened if it did go the other way. So we're talking 2014 NFC Championship game where the Packers muffed a onside <laughs> kick to the Seahawks where they should have gone to the Super Bowl. I don't know if that one's in there, well, those, but... Those are the what-ifs that I think about. <laughs> yes, but you bringing that up immediately makes me think you would be interested in this. I think anyone who's interested in speculation and just investigating those situations would find it really interesting and i'm pretty sure it covers a wide variety of sports oh i would assume so so yeah this sounds interesting yeah um it it sounded interesting to me just based on the npr story and i am not i mean i like sports but i really just like football so yeah i mean and i've been getting into more of the journalist books Mm -hmm. lately so i'm getting some free recommendations out of this here you go what else you got The last one in the journalism category that I would recommend, and this kind of falls in line with the CNN Decade documentaries, Mm -hmm. is The Warmth of Other Suns by Isabel Wilkerson. This is one that I added to my TBR list at the end of 2018, found it at Half Price Books over Christmas break, and so I'm really excited to read it. It investigates um, The Great Migration, which happened from about 1915 to 1970, Hmm. thereabouts. And this was where Black people were fleeing the South for the North and the West in order to escape the clutches of Jim Crow. And so it covers this huge expanse of history, a really fascinating movement, makes connections to today. So I really think that someone who's interested in journalism, current news, and of course learning about the past in documentary format would be interested in that one. Also, I just want to note The Warmth of Other Suns has a five-star rating on Amazon and a 4.3 rating on Goodreads. That's pretty good. I think that's amazing, especially for a nonfiction book. How many ratings are we talking about, though, on Amazon? Let me look it up quick. Because you know that's part of my it is. <laughs> determination. Because it could be five stars with like 20 people. No, it's more than that. Okay. 2,398 five-star rating average out of over 2,000 customer reviews. That's high praise then. Yeah, and so it came out in 2011, and it's really stood the test of time. It's a Pulitzer winner, which I know you always look for. I'm a Pulitzer snob, yes. And love that, and that's among many other awards, so... For Maggie, if none of these really fit the bill um, and you want to hit us up, just let us know. I'm really intrigued what biography your husband was interested in at the bookstore, and that would be a good jumping off point. But hopefully between Chelsea and I, there's something he might find interesting. Yes, I would love to know for all of these recommendations that we're giving. I'm hoping that people will catch up with us afterwards. Yeah, If you're mentioned, please hit us up and we'll do a follow-up and see if we did well or what else we can do better. Okay, our next question is from Marty. She says, Hi, Curtis and Chelsea. Hi, Marty. Hey, Marty. (laughs) I found you through What Should I Read Next? 
podcast, and I must say I envy the fact that you are married bookworms. I've been an avid reader all my life, but my husband was just introduced to reading recently after I finally found a book he is interested in. I really want to encourage him to read more. He is reading Rise and Kill First by Ronan Bergman, and he's loving it. He seems to enjoy journalistic style books on secret service slash military in the Middle East since he's Lebanese. He likes the feature where he can read the text as well as listen to the narration via the Kindle app on iPad. So I need something he would love as much as the current book he's reading that has the same feature. I hope this isn't a big ask. Oh, Marty, it's it's not a big (laughs) ask. We we can handle this. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned Rise and Kill first um, because I picked that up in an independent bookstore in Oklahoma City and decided that I just had too much nonfiction in my TBR to buy it. Um, excuse me, too much nonfiction in your TBR? Who are you? I'm just saying, but (laughs) it was also a new book, um, and it's about the targeted assassination program um, by the Israeli Mossad. So that was a good jumping off point for me to recommend a couple of books. So we'll start off with Steve Cole or Call. I don't know how you would say this, but... C-O-L-L is his last name. Um, He's written two books in the last decade about the U.S. involvement in the Middle East, which would hopefully your husband would find interesting. Um, it was Ghost Wars was the first one, which is the secret history of the CIA in Afghanistan and involvement with Osama bin Laden from the Soviet invasion in the 80s up until September 10th, 2001. So this won the Pulitzer Prize in 2005, and he's a journalist who had a lot of years reporting throughout the Middle East access to previously classified information and it just tells the story of american involvement with covert operations in afghanistan and in the middle east before 9-11 happened and then the follow-up to that is directorate s which is the cia's involvement in afghanistan and pakistan after 9-11 so both of those are kind of with the terrorist attacks in 9-11 being the point in between them um, but both of them are excellent 4.2s and above on Goodreads, and I'm a sucker for a, a Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, the other one that I would recommend in that same vein would be The Way of the Knife by Mark Mazzetti. So I found this at Half Price Books over Christmas, and I did not buy it because it had a tear in the book jacket. <laughs> Typical. And your father, <laughs> like your father-in-law was right behind me, and he was just like, hey, that looks pretty good, because we were reading through the book jacket and everything well i can't buy it because it's got the tear and he thought i was crazy Um, my father your father-in-law yes so he thought i was nuts but it's it's about the cia again and the secret army and a war at the ends of the earth is the rest of the tagline so it covers um the way that covert operations are conducted throughout the world so it's pakistan afghanistan somalia Um, And in that same vein, if you like books about the IDF and Mossad, you'll probably like a lot of these books about the CIA. Um, And then if he's looking for a more historical book in the same realm in a novel, um, I'd recommend Beneath the Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. So we both listened to this on audio. It's about a Italian spy that is infiltrating the Third Reich with Germany, right? (laughs) No. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> no. Isn't it German occupiers? Yeah, but he's smuggling people over the mountains. He's not really a spy, is I he? Thought he? Well, there, well, there is some espionage, yeah. but he doesn't start as a spy. So you kind of see the way that he works his way from just like a humble young man 
no government connections, I guess, and then helps people and eventually kind of gets trapped in some government dealings. But I was honestly, I was surprised to see that one on there. But it does make sense. Like there is that element of you're holding your breath to see what happens next. You get this inside look at covert operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really good audio narration. Yes. So that pairs well with the Kindle Whisper Sync mm-hmm. app that Marty talked about. And I wanted to throw a novel in there so it's not just all like CIA journalist yeah. intrigue in the Middle East. And no, I think I, that's smart. I feel like it's a good jumping off point. To, like if you're looking for a novel... It's World War Two. It's Italy. There's a lot of intrigue. So I feel like that covers a good spectrum of things. So I'm actually, I really want to pick up Rise and Kill first, mm-hmm. but I don't know when I would fit it in. So, <laughs> You'll figure it out someday. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully we helped out Marty. Do you have some recommendations? Too? I do. I just have two to add. So just like you wanted to possibly stretch Marty's husband with... A fiction selection I thought that I would stretch him outside of the Middle East a little bit mm-hmm. so one book that has rave reviews and was connected with um, Rise and Kill First the author is mentioned in the same vein as the other author is The Spy and the Traitor, The Greatest Espionage Story of the Cold War by Ben McIntyre. I had this as my third one and removed it for Beneath the Scarlet Sky. Oh that's funny. So we're we're in the same sink. We're we're doing we're doing well. This one sounds really really good. Doesn't and it's, it though? So four point two rating on Goodreads out of three thousand ratings. Not that that matters, but um, it tells the story of a Russian whose secret work helped to hasten the collapse of the Soviet Union, and it's a true story, and it's supposed to be incredibly well written, fast paced, kind of deals with. Cold War tensions, CIA, top-level secrets, spying, all of that cool stuff, but it's in a completely different environment. So sometimes it's fun to read books like in the same area and get fascinated on one topic, but then if he's really just interested in espionage in general, I think that it could be cool to kind of look towards the past, just like with Beneath the Scarlet Sky, and there are a lot of really good Cold War era books about secret secret stuff there for sure are and this one i feel like is on a lot of big time lists this year oh yeah i saw it at boswell and again had it in my stack and put it away so (laughs) that one's on my list to read personally but i think um it'd be a good one for marty's husband the last one that i thought of was black klansman by ron stallworth why would you say that one so it's undercover operation yep it's high stakes journalistic writing but it's a completely different story from like top level government stuff. An interesting read to break up all of the Middle Eastern espionage. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's new, so I would assume that all the audio is is good for. I it. would think so. And then I think obviously I like a good movie tie-in, so to be able to read the book and then watch the film would be probably fun. Mm-hmm. especially if he likes that audio experience with reading i think viewing probably falls in line with that too yeah if we're talking another movie tie-in um marty you guys should watch spy game with a young brad pitt and robert redford because <laughs> who doesn't love is that young... your favorite spy movie it's not my favorite spy movie but it covers like the 1970s and 80s in the middle east and part of the time period is like in beirut so mm-hmm. 
Honestly, Marty, there are so many options that if you need more, Curtis would be absolutely happy to offer some other recommendations if, uh, well, if he moves through these quickly. Well, another one is Argo. Yes. <laughs> so um, I forget. I think his name is uh, Anthony Mendez is his, is his name. But he's written a couple of books as a CIA agent. Um, but the movie talks about the Tehran hostage situation where he had to go in and get some people out and they went in under the guise of being movie producers when star wars came out um so it's kind of them going in as producers to get these people out of iran um so that would be a good one too because that he wrote a book about it before it was a movie also tinker taylor soldier spy <laughs> i'm just throwing random ones out there at this point. so many spy <laughs> espionage undercover secret squirrel I love secret squirrel stuff. (laughs) Okay, our next reader who needs recommendations is Emily, who says, My husband isn't much of a reader, but when we were first married, we read books aloud together. Aww. I know, it's so cute, right? It's cute. It was a lot of fun, but we haven't done it much since having kids. I'm trying to start the tradition again, but it's hard to find books that appeal to both of us that are also good read-alouds. The ones we read and loved were October Sky, Where the Red Fern Grows, Plus, we read All Creatures Great and Small, but that was a little slow for us. Any good Rex? He likes science books, and he also enjoyed YA fantasy. I'm willing to read just about anything with him as long as the writing is decent. I feel like they should read Where the Ren Fern Grows with their kids. No, nobody <laughs> should read that to a kid. Isn't that the one where all the dogs die? Yes. Yeah, that's... That's the one that you read in fifth grade and the teacher reads it out loud. So then you're bawling, but you don't want anybody to see you crying because you're on the verge of middle school, which is super awkward and you don't want everyone to know you have feelings. It's horrible. But of course you have feelings about dogs. It's horrible. I just finished um, the Ernest Shackleton book and the hardest part of that was when they had to kill the dogs. Yeah. To eat them. So Emily, don't read where the red fern grows to your children. That's that's what we're putting out to start. Um, I kind of jumped off of the science and YA fantasy portion. um, And my favorite YA fantasy series is Pierce Brown's Red Rising, um, which we both listen to on audio, which to me leads to good read aloud. Because I feel like it's very well written, but still straightforward enough that they can read it aloud together. They're compelling characters, really well-built world. And I think that's a good ticket to start with. Um, On the science front, I think he would enjoy The Martian by Andy Weir. We both like the movie, love the book. And I think that's a good jumping off point for like the science realm because he has to grow potatoes on Mars, which you never think is a real thing. Well, and the read aloud aspect is really good. The audiobook got a lot of acclaim and yeah that's a fun one and then we both read dark matter by blake crouch in probably a manner of three days just because it was so fast-paced and we Mm -hmm. you handed it off to me as soon as you finished it but that's another one where it's got a little bit of the science fiction aspect to it and also a fast-paced um narrative which is straightforward prose as well so I think we've got a good spread there. What did you end up recommending? I honed in on sort of the middle grade aspect of where the red fern grows. And October Sky is maybe kind of like that too. But both of those books sort of deal with families who go through a hard time and they overcome. So I thought Wonder by R.J. Palacio, Palacio, I don't know how to say the last name, but Wonder 
it's a movie, so it's pretty a pretty popular book, but I think that that one is a great read aloud. And it's a book that is not just for kids. So many adults that I know have read it and loved it because the story is great. I think that as parents, Emily and her husband would get a lot out of it from a different point of view. Um, Along those same lines, Catherine Applegate is a really great middle grade author. She writes books sort of along the same lines of wonder where kids and families are sort of dealing with hard things, but they overcome and work together. So Wish Tree and Crenshaw are a few titles. She's got some other award-winning books. And I just think that middle grade specifically lends itself really well to read-alouds. The audiobooks are usually pretty good. There's engaging language, but it's not like super flowery. So it's straightforward, direct. You're focusing on the story rather than the writing, which I think is good for reading a book out loud. And yeah, middle grade isn't just for kids. I think that grownups can get completely valid lessons from it too. So those are a couple. And then the other one that I actually thought you and I would enjoy reading together and it's been on my list for a while, is Scythe by Neil Schusterman. We've heard about this one a couple times over the years and just never got around to it. Yeah, so basically the plotline is like, the world has eradicated death. There's no disease, there's no war, there's nothing that can kill you. But scythes are the only ones who can end your life. They're commanded to do so for population control. Mm -hmm. So basically you have these people who are in charge of controlling the population. So you can imagine there are some teens. They're chosen as sides. Obviously, they don't want to go around killing people. So anyway, I think that it will have some really interesting philosophical concerns. Um, But I've just heard nothing but amazing things about the book. So. I think an important point to go with this one is I mentioned it on our episode of What Should I Read Next, where initially when I had a lot of YA books that you recommended to me, I was turned off because I didn't think it was for adults. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the stories, if you take them from your adult perspective, you're going to see them in a different way, but also get a lot out of it. So I just want to put that out there that even if you, you think that YA isn't for you, there's stories that are worth hearing and messages that you can get. So. Yeah. And I it seems like Emily and her husband are aware of that. Like that's the realm that they've read in together and I I just think that the books that we've recommended here are good conversation starters. A lot of YA books deal with really high stakes choices that yes. the characters have to make and I think that lends to good discussion. Agreed. Okay, finally, we have Christina who tells us, I'd love a recommendation for my husband. Well, you're listening to the right episode, Christina. We've got you covered. Um, He enjoys reading, but he doesn't read regularly. He needs a book that will compel him to pick it up. He's read and loved The Name of the Wind, your favorite book. Well, don't forget the sequel. He's read them both. And its sequel, (laughs) The Lies of Locke Lamora. Love it as well. Good job. The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Have you read that one? No. The Martian. Yes. The Wizard of Earthsea 1 and 2. The Picture of Dorian Gray. And the Saga Graphic Novels. He likes page turners and or books with novel or interesting ideas. Also, he's an Enneagram 5. What's Enneagram 5? Enneagram 5s like to collect and observe data and knowledge. Interesting. 
I really need to know ones and threes because you're a one and I'm a three. <laughs> okay, to the recommendations. Mm-hmm. So when I hear graphic novel, I'm going to jump on that one real quick. If he hasn't read The Watchmen, stop everything and have him read The Watchmen. Um, I had that for one of my history classes in college. We discussed it and kind of the influence of comic books in the 1950s. And it's an excellent story, very well done. So if he's into graphic novels and hasn't read it, go for it. Um, on the Lies of Locke Lamora front, if he hasn't read the rest of the Gentleman Bastard series, I actually think I might like Red Seas Under Red Skies better because there's pirates. So pirates better than all the other stuff. But um, So there's Red Seas Under Red Skies and then the Republic of Thieves. If he likes The Name of the Wind and Patrick Rothfuss... He can try reading uh, the short story that came out um, while we're waiting for the third book in the trilogy, which is The Slow Regard of Silent Things. It wasn't my favorite because the story is kind of weird and he talks about making soap for eight pages. Um, yeah, It sounds like Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a short story. It's only like 120 pages uh-huh. or something. So eight pages for soap is kind of weird. Um <laughs> But he kind of says at the back that it's not the typical story that everybody who likes Name of the Wind is going to like. But, um, Christina, you can recommend that to your husband if he wants to try it. I I finished it up yesterday, and I was kind of disappointed, but I didn't really think I was reading it from the right perspective. As an Enneagram 5, he might love eight pages of soap making. That could be true. (laughs) Could be true. So we'll go with Slow Regard of Silent Things. Um... I got a lot of love on Instagram for picking up The Assassin's Apprentice by Robin Hobb over the Christmas break. So if he's into that high fantasy, which we can tell he is, obviously, and he hasn't read the Farseer trilogy, that's kind of a well-known fantasy book series that I haven't read yet, but I picked up The Assassin's Apprentice, which is the first one, and I'm hoping to start that one maybe in July. (laughs) but could be a good one for Christina's husband. And then a glowing endorsement from Patrick Rothfuss is actually what brought me to this one. Um, It's Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. So I don't know a lot about Brandon Sanderson. I know he's kind of a big name in fantasy. He actually finished up Robert Jordan's like 20 book series after Robert Jordan passed away. So he was, he's been asked to fill big shoes in the sci-fi fantasy realm. Um, And then this book is well liked there's like 3,000 five-star reviews on amazon yeah it's really weird but like the biggest tagline under it um from the commentators is this book is amazing there's nothing else i need to say about it from patrick rothfuss so that's high praise is with the first author that she mentions so i think i would like christina's husband i think we would get along it does sound like you two would he likes the same fantasy books i would get into some really nerdy conversations um, I think he would like A Darker Shade of Magic, which was Ooh, our yeah. buddy read from, when did we do that one, October? That was our first buddy read, so that was yeah. November? October. Okay. So you didn't love it, no. but I think he really likes page turners. I thought that A Darker Shade of Magic was definitely a page turner. For sure. And interesting ideas. I think the parallel universes would interest him a lot. And yeah, I don't know. I think that he would like that one. I really, I liked it a lot more than you did. Yeah. Well, the interesting idea would also be the 200 inside out coats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I 
thought it was so fascinating that he loved the picture of Dorian Gray. Didn't that one seem weird? I thought that, that was one kind really of, sticks out. Yeah, that was kind of a weird throwaway. But what did you pick off of that? Okay, so if he likes the picture of Dorian Gray, I think maybe he could try Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Ooh, okay. So if he's interested enough in reading classics and is okay with the older language um frankenstein and dorian gray both deal with societal issues but they come at them from the plot of the story so there's a lot of symbolism there so i think frankenstein could be a good next step for him also the count of monte cristo by alexander dumas would be a great one so i have not personally read this yet it's like on my lifetime to read list but i've heard it's a real page turner despite the length and did you read it no but i've seen the jim caviezel movie okay (laughs) the movie is good i think i've seen the movie too but i've heard that the book is extremely page turning it is huge Mm -hmm. so it's a commitment but if he isn't a regular reader anyway, maybe he's fine with taking, you know, the five or six months and just focusing on that one long book that he's really invested in. I've heard it's really good on audio too. That might be the way for us to read it. Maybe. It's like a lot of hours. Like 20. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's huge. Um, um, well, if he likes The Count of Monte Cristo after he's done with that one, he might like The Black Count. Yes, that that's, would be good. That's another one that you and I both liked. I didn't read it yet. It's just sitting on your shelf? Mm-hmm. Didn't you take it into your classroom? Um, I had another copy that I lent to students. Did any of them like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. That means that you should like it too. I, okay. <laughs> you recommend so many books to me that when I recommend one to you, I kind of am just waiting for you to read it so that yeah. I can feel validated. <laughs> I'm really bad at reading what other people want me to read, so... <laughs> That's that's all we have. Those were our questions from wives who want to get their husbands reading. So for any questions that we answered, please get back with us if any of these are hits or misses. And if you want any further recommendations, we're more than happy to oblige. Yeah, and this if, is fun for us. <laughs> and if you are listening to this and you're like, I want my husband to read too, just <laughs> hit us up. We'll help as much as we can. You know, we read pretty broad subject matter wise both of us so we should be able to find something yeah it could be fun to do an episode like this every now and then yeah you look really happy like you had a great time yeah it's the scotch (laughs) (laughs) what is your recommendation of the week so coming back to the first question who was talking about sports um, my first book of 2019 that i finished was shoe dog by phil knight which is a memoir about the creation of Nike. So it's a the scope of the story pretty much covers the 1960s and 70s, where the company is first forming and the struggles with importing shoes and having his ideas represented and kind of the backdoor dealings of how the company actually formed. So it's a lot of, I'd say... Uh, not really like boardroom drama, but it's kind of like that where there's a lot of like, there's a lot of running for one. So if you're, if you like to run or like sports or wear anything Nike and just want to know more about it, fully recommend the book. But if you're a business person who is either starting a company or wants to know how those things work, it's another good insight from a managerial perspective because he took this like one employee that he never answered 
letters from who would write him like 10 letters a day um that's weird yeah he was kind of a really eccentric employee number one to having one of the most profitable companies in the world that has like 68,000 employees or something but it's a very good book and i can't recommend it more from either a sports or a business or a managerial perspective it was really good what's uh, your recommendation for the week i'm recommending a notebook what do you got (laughs) i don't know if our listeners know what a bullet journal is, but I've been using that method for a planner and for a reading journal for the last maybe four years. I've tried other planners and I never like the way that they're set up with a bullet journal. I create my own weekly spreads and whatever I need in a planner. Basically, I create it myself. So there is an artistic element to it. It doesn't have to be artsy-fartsy, but that's who I am. So that's the way it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a specific kind of notebook that lends itself really well to bullet journaling. And that is the Loic Term 1917. So they have blank Loic Terms, they have dotted, or they have lined. Usually I use the dotted for a bullet journal, but right now I have a blank one, so I'm going to see how that goes. I'm actually switching back to a bullet journal after trying the Get to Workbook. The Get to Workbook was great, but it just is not right for me. I miss my bullet journal, so now that I'm going back to it and starting to get set up with that, the notebook has been on my mind, so I just thought I would throw that recommendation out. People who like books tend to like notebooks and pens and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with all of it. Well, you talked last episode where like a goal for this year is you want to track your quotes and stuff. Yeah. So that's how a good use for journals and stuff like that. Yeah. So the Loic term, it's like 20 bucks. Like it's an investment. It's not like it's a cheap notebook, but the quality is really good. I've never had one bent or damaged in any way, even when I'm tossing it into a a tote bag and on the go, Mm -hmm. it gets banged up a lot and the hardcover is really really nice the paper quality is great so it's worth it to me and i just recommend it and i know this is a really nerdy recommendation but i have nothing else because i haven't (laughs) read any books yet in 2019 i've read two it's the third day yeah i've read two granted i started both of them in 2018 (laughs) (laughs) yeah good disclaimer (laughs) (laughs) i just want to have it on the record that i've read more books in 2019 than you because yeah, that won't I'm, last. I guess what? I'm still reading Outlander, which I started in November. <laughs> guess what? You better read it because I want to watch the show. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> uh, well, so for everyone, we want to say thank you for subscribing and sharing He Read, She Read. We love reading your comments, posts, and reviews each week. Continue to ask us questions, and maybe we'll be able to do more episodes like this. Our buddy read for this month is The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller, and that episode will air January 29th. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, please do. Those written reviews make a huge difference in reaching listeners, and they brighten our day. Connect with us on social media or email. Twitter and Instagram, we're at HeRedSheRed, and email HeRedSheRedPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the couple that reads together gets husbands reading everywhere!